millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. I'm Paisley Gilmore. And I'm Laura Capon. This week we'll be joined by queer porn performer Kali Sudra. Hi, Elsie. All right, PG. I'm all right. Um, I wrote about something this week and I really wanted to chat to you about it. Are you ready? I'm all ears. I love it when you're all ears. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> this week I wrote about um, like, can getting back with an ex-partner actually ever work out or is an ex an ex for a reason? And I Ooh. wondered if you had ever attempted to rekindle an old relationship i oh i've attempted unsuccessfully (laughs) (laughs) oh i've tried Um, of course tell us if you will (laughs) um yeah i've tried um i think there's like a a comfort there isn't there when you know someone and also i i think sometimes i um what would I use the term like romanticize things and I definitely think Mm. there's that thing of looking back on things with like rose tinted glasses I never actually have got back with an ex um probably thankfully um what about you god knows you've tried I did I don't know if you remember this I um was with someone for a few years and then we broke up for a year and then we matched on tinder and we were like we'll just go for a drink as mates but then obviously we got drunk and we're like horny and then just got back together oh he who should not be named yeah um and then uh, obviously we broke up a year later but not after moving in together so that was good and not before moving into them how long did you have off like so does that make sense how long away from each other yeah yeah for a year and i had another like year-long relationship in that time See, a year's not that long. I I Don't feel think. like I have this obsession, right? I, I love looking it up on Reddit of people that have like rekindled after like 20 years. There's um you, and I keep getting TikToks on it as well. So obviously do keep watching. Um but again, I don't <laughs> know if that's like different if like 20 years have passed mm. and like and also is that just like you get a bit desperate? Yeah, and you're like, that well, I'll just awful. go back to but then yeah. some people are genuinely happy that, like that, aren't they? So maybe sometimes it takes you to go through something in your life to realise, like, that's what I really want. Or And to be I fair, I'm saying desperate and I'm the one <laughs> trying to rekindle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Desperate cow. Um, but yeah, I guess it's like why it ended. That's the thing. Because I think if it ends, because I do think timing could, is a big thing. So I think if it ends because of mm-hmm. time in your life, like you were going to uni or you just on different paths and then you kind of come back. I, you can't see, but I'm with my hands. I'm merging them together. <laughs> to, <Great>. show that, <laughs> to show that you merging back together. But if you broke up because it wasn't working... Mm. is it really gonna work again well that's kind of what happened with us so like we broke up for valid reasons in that we weren't compatible but then after the year apart you kind of forget about those things or you think oh well it'll be different this time and at the start it was really really great again but the same issues kind of started to Mm. drip back in and then we broke up for the same reason again oh yeah but no I think also it's maybe you would have always wondered why as well if you hadn't done that it's like you scratch that itch 
I was thinking that like now I will not spend the rest of my life wondering what if and you know was he a potential long-term partner for me like I know now for sure and I can move on so would you um get back with an ex in the future not saying him but Mm -hmm. anyone or have you put off I'm done with that now (laughs) shall I hold hold you to that (laughs) yeah you should (laughs) okay I'll I'll keep trying (laughs) yeah you keep sending your letters to your ex-boyfriend or whatever oh no don't stop (laughs) it that is so horrible (laughs) I'm sorry I'm in a bad mood today I'm taking it out on you I'm really sorry (laughs) it's fine to be fair I deserve it but you know how upset I was. That was traumatizing retelling my. I know, I'm so sorry. My weird. Um, sure. Oh no, move on, move on quickly. I'm yeah, let's bring backs. Callie on to get. Okay, <laughs> all right. On to Callie. Oh. We're joined today by Callie Sudra, who began her career in the adult industry as a porn performer. She also makes money from camming and sending nudes and requested videos to her fans. Callie hosts sex education workshops and is a sex work activist, fighting to decolonize certain practices in the adult entertainment world and to tackle racism in the industry. So hi, Callie. Hi, Callie. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Actually, I should I haven't told Elsie this, but I, I did a lot of research for this, Callie. And obviously that was very hard because I had to watch lots of porn, um, <laughs> which I despise doing. And I really enjoyed, I watched a really great one where it all started off and you were on roller skates and I was so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really fun. That was, um, yeah, that was really fun. I really love roller skating and any way that I can incorporate roller skating in porn? I'm... Yeah. Well, it's my new it's my new uh, category that I search for roller skate porn. So you've developed a fetish in me. <laughs> you need to see the one then where I have um, a, a full scene where I don't take off my skates for the <gasps> sex scene. No. Yes. Yes. It's very, very. It's very. Uh, it was challenging. I think physically because. Um, yeah, it also made me taller than the other performer. And, um, it was also very, very hot. We were like having the scene in, um, uh, a pizza restaurant and the pizza oven was going. So it was (laughs) super hot. We were like having sex near the kitchen and it was, yeah, on roller skates. It's a, it's a funny scene. I mean, I struggled to just roller skate, let alone, um, (laughs) have sex and roller skate. Do you know what I mean? Just staying upright is hard enough. Yeah, you have to put that on your CV, right? You're like, can yeah. wear roller skates while shagging and acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. It was intense. There was like one point where, like, I was up on, I like, we were on the table, and I remember just like having my feet up or something like that, and my skates were so heavy, and it was like, <sighs> I'm like, at one point, I'm like, should I just take these off? But then I'm like, it would be awkward in the middle of the scene to take them off because I'd been having the whole scene with them on. So, yeah. Anyways, it was it was fun. Yeah, it was part, part of my skills. <laughs> it's a very good skill. Well, we just kind of wanted to ask you, how did you even come to get into um, performing in porn in the first place? Because that's where you kind of started off, right? Yeah. So I, I started off in performing in porn because of just a, a desire to see more, um, more representation of different, um, well, sexualities um, that might be dissident or... Um, also just, I didn't find that there was very many representations that I could relate to in terms of being, um, an Indian, uh, an Indian woman. And like when it was, there was an Indian woman in porn, it was like always like, um, the focus of, of, of the porn was on her Indianness and not on like mm-hmm. her as a character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just wanted to see kind of, um, yeah, just people of color and uh bpoc and porn in general with without having them kind of as a fetish and that was my um desire to enter porn and um to kind of change things and do a different kind of porn i guess mm-hmm. how do you enter porn from being like not in porn to entering porn how do you go about that <laughs> <laughs> that was really it was it, well my situation was just completely um coincident like series of coincidences I guess um so like I had met somebody at a, a, a at a party the week before that I decided to apply and um I had got like all, the, the whole thing was I w- had went to a sex shop and I was really frustrated because 
of of all of the dildos that were white and asked the the man if there was a brown dildo um and he said no why would we need a brown dildo and then i got like frustrated of this lack of re- representation of brown brown skin colors as as flesh no and then i also had gone over to the porn section to check out well i'm gonna cheer myself up and i'll buy myself some porn and also the same thing it was just like kind of like all of this just like just white people in porn and there was like no representation i thought like why don't i try to like why don't I try to get into porn? Like, you know, that was kind of my idea. Like, why don't I try Like, I have nothing holding me back. I mean, it'd be something cool to try. Like, maybe I could just try it once. And if I don't like it, I could decide to stop. And then the week after, I had um, met somebody coincidentally at a party that had um, mentioned to me that she worked at Erika Last Films. And um, I then everything kind of clicked then. And actually, like I discovered Erika's work by complete mistake. I have a friend named Erika that lives in um uh, lives in Finland. And um one time I was writing her like a silly message. Like I was writing her, like, look, I'm eating all of your fun candy. And I sent her like a, a photo and I actually didn't realize I sent it to Erika Lust. <laughs> and so but like it was really funny it, it, like so I didn't realize my friend Erika wasn't responding and I was like what uh-huh. so I wrote her again I'm like are you ignoring me and then I realized when I clicked on the profile I'm like her, she changed her profile picture it was a, it was a porn a porn director and I'm like oh my god I just sent like a photo and this was a year before I even got into porn before I even like thought about getting into porn and I'm like oh my god she must think I'm such a such an idiot. <laughs> also, she is like the coolest. For anyone who doesn't know, Erica yeah. Lust is like a super cool indie. You call? Do you call her big scale indie filmmaker? Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty. Big, yeah, big scale. So then it was like. So that yeah. was that. That happened, and then a year later, um, I met somebody at this party, and she told me she worked at Eddie Kalas, and then I, all the connections came through because, like, I just the week before gone to the sex shop, was frustrated, wanting into porn, didn't know how didn't even think about sending Erika a message and then meeting this person at the party and she told me she worked at Erika last I'm like oh wow and like I got my foot in the door that way so I had an interview and um the interview went amazing they actually even called Erika to come to the interview because normally they have like a preliminary process and um sorry what happens in the interview um do you have to sort of act out or is it just questions? Um, in terms of a, a porn interview, like it should just be questions. Um, I haven't ever worked in mainstream porn and I've heard of other types of interviews that sound kind of horrifying to me. But um, no, I, like an indie porn interview or like just kind of like a porn interview should just be like questions. I mean, obviously, you before you apply to the job, um, I sent a few I sent a few nudes and um talked a little bit about why I wanted to get into porn and like the interview should be kind of yeah I guess like questions about like what 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 are your interests um why do you want to do porn like it should be a normal kind of interview okay um it shouldn't like like there shouldn't be any sort of like and now you have to have sex with the performer right here so -hmm. like there's there was no obviously none of that it was just a kind of a a sit down interview where they just asked me to chat a little bit about myself, what I like to do. I actually talked to them about how I like to roller skate and we <laughs> joked and we joked in the interview about like, Hey, we can make like some sort of roller skating porn. And it ah. like th- three years later it happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> so you got the job, you smashed the interview. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't, I didn't think I, I was so nervous. I was shaking and I didn't even think that I was going to get past the first stage. And then Literally in the interview, they called an Erika and then they said, Hey, Erika, you need to come meet Kali. And Erika came and met me and she was so funny and we were just laughing a lot. And then, then they just said, okay, well, uh, we have a shoot at the end of the month. Do you want to be in it? And I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I was, I was, I said, I said yes. And I was super afraid. And then I left the office and then basically did like a happy dance as soon as I left the office and like <laughs> called all of my friends was super excited and um yeah that's how I got into my first porn wow and what does like a typical day on a porn set um like look like like a kind of day in the life yeah so um the morning it depends on like what production you're working with if it's a smaller production or a bigger production so like typically on bigger productions they're longer days um and on a shorter 
a smaller um, team, well, it could be a, um, an easier, shorter day. So like normally in the morning you arrive, um, meet the crew. So they'll do an introduction. Um, hopefully beforehand, you've already been introduced to your co-performer. Um, normally you can do that through a Skype interview if they don't live in your city or you can meet up for a coffee. So, um, I usually chat with my, uh, my, my co-performer, um, or the co-star before, um, we even get on the porn set and we talk about like what things we're into, get to know each other a little bit before. So it's not like the first day we're meeting each other or like talking to each other is on set. So yeah, usually in the morning you, you meet with a crew, then you meet your, your co-star and you chat again about how things are going and stuff like that. You sign contracts um, you do, uh, your photos, um, like photos for ID to make sure that you're of age. Um, you talk about, um, sexual health testing, although that's already sent before the shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, so do you, you do a test before and like send your results or something? Yes. So you have to do a test like within two weeks of the shoot date and send those results be like, um, at least a week or a week before the shoot date. So it's, it's, very timed Mm -hmm. and um yeah the conversation about um safer sex should really be had um before the day of the shoot in my own opinion um to plan the scene and also um yeah just so that everyone feels comfortable and then I mean, there's not some sort of weird discussion about it the day on the set, like, oh, you wanted to use condoms. We want to see without condoms and then putting mm-hmm. someone in a position where maybe, maybe where they don't feel comfortable, like what, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's all yeah. kind of arranged beforehand. So you know exactly what to expect when you're going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, really. And I think it's, that's the most important thing about like having like uh, safer conditions for porn performers on set is like having these things um, in place, like these kinds of, and if you're a new porn performer and you don't know that mm-hmm. um, it's really important to um, have somebody there that can maybe kind of guide you. And so when I started working at last, I also um, became their talent manager, kind of taking care of these small little details, like trying to chat about these things beforehand. Oh, but okay. Yeah. And then, so like the day goes, sorry, I kind of got off track. So then the day (laughs) goes, so yeah, you're signing contracts, you chat with your co your co-star and then in the morning, um, depends on what they want to do first, if they're going to do like dialogue or like comedy or, or narrative. And then, um, the sex scene, um, usually they try to do it in the morning. That's the best time (laughs) to do it because after lunch, uh, nobody is like, everyone (laughs) wants to just chill. We call that the three o'clock slump where you have to go and have a biscuit and a cup of tea. Yes. (laughs) And there's sometimes where you can avoid it and you have to have the sex scene in the afternoon. Mm. Just happened with a few productions and it's, it's a little bit harder because I mean, the afternoon you're already a little bit tired. You might've woken up early um, to get where you're going or to shower or to prepare yourself because you also have to prepare your body, you know, Mm. like to, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you have to do to prepare? Me personally, well, like, I mean, I need to get enough sleep, uh, Mm -hmm. have a good, have a good breakfast. I mean, obviously have a shower, like, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, depending on the porn, um, production, if I have to, um, wax or shave, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, then you get hair and makeup and all the stuff. So like, there's a lot of things to do to prepare your body. So like in the morning, like you spend most of the time preparing. So then like in the afternoon, if you have the sex scene and you're tired, it's like a it can it can be a little bit difficult, but it's it's always usually um, in the morning, and I usually co- like convey that to the to the directors. Like I'd like I'd rather have the sex scene in the morning, get it out of the way, and then the narrative can come in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And are the sex scenes um, scripted or improv? Really, de- sex improv? Yeah, it really depends. Yeah, it depends on on who you're working with as a director. There's certain directors that I've worked with that they have like, no, we want this, this, and this. Like, you have to do these three positions, and then whatever, whatever else you want. So, like at one point, you have to do these positions. And for me, actually, I kind of like that because it like just like it gives me some structure. So I know like, okay, after I've done the third position, you know, like I know that I can do whatever or finish and then like I'm free, you know, Mm -hmm. where if it's more freestyle, like 
you have to like decide how it ends. You know what I mean? Because we like normally it doesn't, the porn that I shoot doesn't just end when the, if, it, if I'm working with a hetero um, cis man, it doesn't just end when, when he comes, I guess like we could have mm-hmm. like the ending where maybe he doesn't come or where it ends with my orgasm, et cetera, et cetera. And that's very different to kind of mainstream tube site porn, just to uh, <laughs> chime in because the kind of stuff you see on, those kind of sites probably would end when a guy comes, right? But your your experience mm-hmm. is slightly different because you've worked with more indie. Yeah, I've worked with the more mm-hmm. indie, but I've also worked with some mainstream mm-hmm. mainstreamish, like I would say, where they where there's a lot of pressure for if there's um, a cis man in the scene for him to have an erection, for him to come. I mean, um, it's not a problem at the end of the day if he, if he can't, but like. Yeah, I mean, I worked for one company where <laughs> I only worked once for them, where I was signing the contract and I was only doing a girl girl scene. And there was like one horrible part of the contract where it said like, um, like that anybody that had a penis. So they were also talking about trans people. If mm-hmm. there was an ejaculation, scene, like a, an ejaculation scene, they wouldn't pay the person. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God, like. That is so like horrible in so many senses. And I'm not sure if that's, if that's what it's like in mainstream porn. Cause I, I haven't worked mm-hmm. that much in mainstream porn. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, I guess we're less, um, uh, ejaculation focused in, in the sense of mm-hmm. the porn that I do isn't so much based on like the ejaculation of somebody. It could be basically, I mean, I mean, and maybe nobody has an orgasm. I don't know. It could just be something very sensual as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the one thing I always wonder with porn, do you enjoy the sex? Like, are you enjoying it? Or is it like a job to you in that sense? Like, do you get pleasure from it? I mean, like, it, if, number one, it is a job for me. So I take it very, like, in a professional sense, like, mm-hmm. um, like respecting the limits and the boundaries of the other person, always checking in in terms of consent, um, talking, having these conversations about safer sex, et cetera, et cetera, because it's part of my job as a porn performer. Yeah. And obviously like I've worked with people that, um, I found, I mean, I become friends with in the porn industry. And then later on, like maybe the first scene we did, like it was like a little bit more mechanical because I've never had sex with this person. You have to think that if it's the first time you're ever having sex with this person in front of the camera, it can be kind of weird and mechanical mm. and strange, you know? So maybe, I mean, the pressure is also there to, you know, maybe you won't be able to have an orgasm, et cetera, et cetera. But then I've had like really great connections with people and um, been able to orgasm like easily. Or then the next time we we shoot together, we have a good chemistry. So, um, yeah, it depends. I mean, and there's been days where it's like there wasn't the chemistry there between me and a performer and it was just kind of a job and maybe... um, I had to fake an orgasm. Like obviously people are watching porn because they want to see sex and orgasms. Like the same thing when we watch cinema, you know, like whatever kind of cinema, you know, we're, we're watching it for entertainment really. I mean, Mm -hmm. mostly like if you're watching like a Hollywood movie, you're watching for entertainment, not for like um, really information, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's that, there's that kind of like um, entertainment aspect of, and performative aspect of porn where uh, uh, some of it can it can be very performative and performance based you know yeah i know what you mean mm-hmm. and then there's other times where it comes like there's other times where i've like by accident like just had such a good time that i've like squirted or like had multiple orgasms or i don't know got fisted like I don't, <laughs> like you know cuz it was just was in the scene and i like decided to ask the person that i was with um if they could fist me because I was really turned on and felt like my body was at that uh point of um exploration and Mm. um for the scene like I've done fisting before in my private life and yeah so I guess it really depends on who you're working with and and the vibe you you're Mm. you're in in that moment I guess similar to having sex with people off camera like sometimes it's (laughs) a good connection sometimes it's not right exactly yeah so then you also do some camming and some kind of sending nudes and stuff on the side is that did you do that as a move away from porn or like to accompany your yeah I guess it's for me it's <laughs> porn performers we are uh we do multiple jobs because it's very hard to live off uh of just porn in general like you there's not enough there's not enough work 
So Mm -hmm. you have to get creative and like I do like um, vanilla jobs as well in terms of like uh, teaching, like I'm I'm an English teacher as well. So yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, camming kind of just came as a way to. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Supplements on my income because I wasn't making enough money just doing porn because I might just have, like, I might have one movie a month or I might not have a, a movie for a few months or I might have three movies in one month. So, but then I really also liked the idea of connecting with, um, my fan base that reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to cam. And, um, for me during COVID, it was very, very helpful to be able to cam, um, in order to supplement some of my income that had been lost. And then how does, how does like camming work? Cause I only know of like a site. I mean, I don't even know if, it, you know, like babe station Paisley that we have, mm-hmm. like I, that's the only like thing I can think of like camming. I don't know how, Mm-hmm. So I'm not a tradi- like a TV, TV yeah company. yeah. So I'm not a traditional camera in the sense that I don't I'm not on like indie cams or um, like live Jasmine or the ones that you, the one that you mentioned. So I don't use a cam site like Chatterbait or anything. I basically receive private requests from fans that follow me or like followers on uh, Twitter or Instagram, and then. Um, they'll email me or they'll reach out to me and they say, yes, I do camp. I do private cam sessions. And then, um, I send them a bit, I send them an email with all my policies and then I sell my cam shows, my private cam shows on, um, IndieBill, which is kind of like an only fans page. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, I know any fans. Yeah. Because these other cam pages, they take like 50% of your wages. And I'm like, I do not want to, I don't want to pay 50% to some, host platform or whatever like I mean I just don't I don't feel like Mm -hmm. that's fair and it's frustrating because like also the traditional way that camming works is that you don't make an hourly rate you just go on and you do things and then people tip you so Mm -hmm. you could just be on like in your camera not even naked just there and you're waiting for people to join your room and then people join your room and they tell you to do things like they'll say like take off your shirt for I don't know uh, two euros or something i don't know how much because uh, it works on tokens and then like you get tips and then based on the tips you do sexual things and so maybe you could be in in a cam room for an hour and not have any clients at all come join so i i really didn't like that idea of like being online for hours i wanted to yeah. like maximize my time and also maximize um like i didn't want to share that much money with this like these massive platforms you know I didn't think that they Mm -hmm. deserve 50% of my income (laughs) yeah that is nuts Mm -hmm. (laughs) and can I ask what kind of requests you get and um if you were happy to say like what you charge for them yeah I try not to so like in terms of like my prices I don't share um publicly because I am actively trying to dismantle the hierarchy which is like this like kind of um competitiveness 
in between sex workers or also like um, other sex workers that might not be able to charge the same as me. Okay. Um, because like maybe they're trans or they're, I, I don't know. Um, like, because we know that trans people face so much discrimination in this, in the sex work industry in general. So like, mm-hmm. I try not to comment my prices at all. I don't, it's not something I feel comfortable with, but in terms yeah, of requests, fine. um, I get things like, uh, uh, foot fetish requests, domination like I am a dominatrix and I do um dom stuff and I can do it on camera as well Mm, what else have I gotten I've gotten some funny ones that were like um like like some normal ones like massaging my body with oil I've gotten some funny ones like um I don't know (laughs) like armpit (laughs) ones I guess like people like it's not funny I I, I don't I wouldn't kink shame anyone Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I get like kink stuff and then just the average like, hey, I really would like to get to know you and I want to know you more intimately and I would like to have a one-on-one session with you and I think it's really cool the work you're doing and that's mainly the kind of clients that I um, I get. So the one-on-one session, would that be like you'd do a video chat kind of thing? Yeah, or it could be like over another platform, that, like a video mm-hmm. conferencing platform, yeah. Okay. Although like I have to say that there a lot of video conferencing um apps are very horophobic and have disabled mm. many um sex workers accounts. But you've had a real issue actually getting your money, is that correct? Yeah, there's lots of pay platforms that I won't mention them, but uh, <laughs> you can find them online very easily. Um many pay, uh, pay platforms that discriminate against sex workers and basically build their whole company on the backs of sex workers, but then they became so big that um they've just like like they're they're kind of universal that they've abandoned sex workers and don't want them um like to be part of their image now so mm-hmm. um it was convenient for them to just like um yeah get rid of sex workers and you've had your accounts like suspended is that yeah, right two times two different accounts one was my own account my Cali account and they had basically froze my um they froze my funds And uh, I couldn't access the money in my account um, for six months. Then after six months, they decide whether you get the money or not. And you have to make like this long email and write them a reason why and justify it. And it's horrible. So I use my friend's pay platform and then hers got deleted as well because, um, and there was nobody writing anything in, in the, in the subject line. They weren't writing like, um, cam session or buying nudes. It was just basically kind of like, I guess the same activity. So if I, if I charged some, so, so and so on for, um, a cam session and kept receiving that same amount of money every so often, the pay platform flagged it as like suspicious activity and then just shuts you down. So maybe you're not even doing sex work and you get shut Mm -hmm. down for, I don't know any any old reason so in that, because they suspect you're doing sex work yeah and I mean like in that in that sense and anybody is um eligible or like at risk at getting um mm-hmm. banned from from receiving money or being able to get paid yeah which makes you it really I'm... complicated yeah because then you have like how do you how do you get paid like how do you do the work if you can't get paid you know Mm-hmm. And then people are left with like very terrible options like, okay, well, I'll just take a gift certificate. And it's like, I don't want, I don't want to buy more things. Like I'd rather be able to pay for my rent to pay yeah. for my food. Like my, my sex work is used, like my money for sex work is used for that, not to buy things like dresses or uh, computers or technology, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the gift certificates in that sense aren't helpful to me. And, um, I don't really like using them as a, as a way to get paid. Yeah. Do you ever feel um, like weird, Callie? Like I'm guessing you have like regular kind of clients that come back to you. Do you ever like feel a bit uncomfortable, ever get kind of a bit worried? I'm only thinking of like, um, do you remember Paisley when we had Chloe on and she used to do a lot of um, her feet pictures and things? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just something... I guess this is more how I like I I don't know I'd feel a bit weird about someone I guess if once they have that video of you then kind of doing whatever they want with it does that make yeah, sense Yeah I mean I guess it's like uh, if you're just a camera and you aren't out to your family or you're not like you're not yeah like you don't 
want to be on the internet like um recorded then I guess that's yeah. harder but like because I'm a porn performer if they want to uh, promote me for free by putting me on Pornhub or whatever like okay go ahead and do that like I mean, like, I'm not, like, anything in my cam session is just basically, like, me masturbating. So, like, if they want to do that free promotion for me, okay, great. Like, I get, maybe I'll get another client. But, like, I mean, most of my, like, my clients are really, really respectful. Like, I've only had, like, really one run-in with a client um, who was mm -hmm. disrespectful during the session, and I shut the session down. But, like, I've had, like, really kind people, and I've not been really afraid of that and like I state my limits and I've like you know they make it very explicit like if you record this that's illegal um etc cetera, etc cetera. like it's it's also yeah. violating my consent and um yeah so I state my limits way before like in the email process before we even do mm -hmm. the cam session and then I restate them at the beginning of the cam session so it's very clear um what they can and cannot do during my session yeah. Are you able to share any of those limits with us just as an example? Sure. Like yeah. Um, so one of my limits is like, because I'm a dominatrix, I will never uh, be like uh, submissive in terms of mm -hmm. like, so I wouldn't be like open to being sub on camera um, or off camera. Um, so like, it's not my vibe. So yeah. So like anything like um, verbal humiliation or trying to get me to submit like even if that's via cam, um, that's mm -hmm. one of my hard limits. Um, and yeah, that's like pretty much it. Like no humiliation, no, uh, no trying to get me to be sub on camera. Okay. Can I ask, sorry, um, again, mm -hmm. being the dumb one, what, um, like does a dominatrix do on like camera? Yeah. So like, um, if you think of a dominatrix in real life, <laughs> what um they do it can it's basically the same thing on camera but you don't have the physical contact so it can be a lot of like um like jerk off instructions joy stuff like joy is jerk off instructions um uh, orgasm denial so like being like you can't come unless i tell you to um or orgasm control um can be humiliation if that's what the client's into it depends on what the person is requesting um okay could be like role play um it, yeah it, it really depends on the client and I think a lot of people would assume that most of your clients were probably men but I think you've told me before you've got a, like a large majority of queer female clients yeah so I do have a lot of um female clients requesting nudes but more mm -hmm. shy in the sense of requesting skypes although I do have mm -hmm. some requests coming up uh with um women for a Skype session, but not necessarily, um, it might be like more talking about toys, squirting, oh. doing a squirting tutorial via Skype. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I wanted to ask you as well about your activism because you, this is a big part of what you do, right? Mm -hmm. What, what are you kind of, uh, what's the word I was going to say activing on? <laughs> yeah. I, I <laughs> Tell guess <me> what you're <laughs> campaigning. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm doing a lot of um, writing and talking in general about racism within the porn industry, which is a really big thing right now. Um, I re uh, last year I released, um, well, last year I wrote a book and it's finally been published and released. Um, and it's called Putas Migras. It's written in Spanish, but I'm working on seeing if we can get it translated to English. And it just talks about um, racism in the porn industry and its roots. Um, so that's a big part of my activism, talking about race and how that plays in with sex work, not just in the porn industry, but also in sex work in general. And then, um, like, a lot of my activism is around migration and, um, like, migrant rights in terms of here, uh, like, where I'm living in Barcelona and Spain. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, like, a lot of uh, sex work activism as well, like, talking about um, about the differencing the differences between um, trafficking and uh, sex work, which are two separate topics. And unfortunately, I have to do a lot of education about that because people often conflate the the two things. Mm -hmm. So they assume that if you are a sex worker, you've been trafficked and it's yes. against your yeah. yeah, like yeah. When mm -hmm. does that come up then? Is this just a misconception people have about 
sex workers. Yeah, like it comes up. I mean, there's there's a group of people called SWERFs. They're like sex worker mm -hmm. radical exclusion, exclusionary feminists. So they, um, but and they're often TERFs. So those are trans radical exclusionary feminists. Um, mm -hmm. And basically, yeah, so they think that any woman that uses her body or any person using their body, because um, not everybody doing sex work is a, identifies as a woman, any person using their body to do sex work is exploited and it's gender violence. And mm. um, often these conversations um, that are, they call themselves here in Spain abolitionists, which is a racist term because um, they're usually white women saying that they, they want to abolish sex work. And because mm -hmm. they see it as slavery, but they don't um, want to actually talk about the real forms of slavery that are happening in the world today. And um, abolition is a movement that comes from black folks for abolishing slavery, which hasn't been abolished yet. So the fact that they use that and they use it to talk about sex work is is very racist and appropriative. Okay, and they're not sex workers themselves, I guess. No, 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 no. Is it, is it like a bit of a white saviour situation? Of course, yes, they want to save us. And it comes from like this, like, yeah, it comes from this like white saviour kind of complex, you know, but like, it's really funny because like they, their whole idea is like to save us. But I've been to many demonstrations and rallies where there's, a lot of swerfs and then they have been yelling at me things like ah oh, you're a raped woman and things like that it's like and if you, so if mm -hmm. you're actually going to save somebody like you want to save somebody like why would you just start yelling at them that they're a raped woman like mm -hmm. how is that like helping them in their situation at all and like also like i don't need saving like the fact that somebody gets to decide like or or is making that choice for me and like speaking on behalf of me saying that i need to be saved is really strange and weird and paternalist because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's it's you yeah it's your job you've chosen it you enjoy it yeah and even if we even if we say that they still say that we're brainwashed um for the male consumption and then it, like they erase queer identities and queer people doing sex work as well because then like mm -hmm. what if we're not doing like we're not working with cis men or we're not doing it for the male consumption i don't know like it's just really weird yeah not weird. It's like, it's oppressive. It's not, it's not weird. It's frustrating and tiring. And like, every time I talk about sex work, I always have to talk about these prohibitionists and these swerfs and it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Kelly, I know you said about, um, like mainstream porn and I guess like the kind of, like you said, those classic, like, I can't think of any of the names, but like the Jeez, ones sorry. I think, yeah, if most people Googled and went to, so where should people find their porn? My biggest suggestion, and uh, I'm not sure if the porn directors are going to approve of this, is <laughs> buying porn from the porn performer. So um, basically, um, that's we don't get um, what do you call them royalties? Um, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking. I'm thinking all the time in Spanish. We don't get royalties, <laughs> and basically, so if I make a movie and it's a massive hit and it sells thousands of thousands of euros i only ever see my small fee as a porn performer and nothing more and so this film can be on the internet for 20 years imagine and it's like a massive hit and i'll never see anything more than my performer fee so the best thing that you can do in terms of um supporting porn performers and getting cool porn is buying their clips or asking the porn performer if they have an affiliate link to the porn that before buying it. So if you see their movie, like for example, um, you asked me about the movie on the roller skates, no? Mm -hmm, Maybe somebody yeah. that, um, oh, I, just, I saw a recent advertising for your roller skating movie. Hey, do you have an affiliate link? Sure, I do. And I can pass it to my um, my fan or my follower. And um, when they buy that movie, I get a percent of, their, of that sale. So that's a kind um, of a way of, it's not a royalty, but it's a way of me getting extra passive income. Okay. Um, for promoting my films as well. So it's better if someone goes straight to say your, I guess you have a website, like your yeah. website. And or a website or your only, like your only fans or your indie bill, um, like, or often performers have the, it like noted in their bios of uh, Twitter or Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you can just shoot them a message and they'll be more than happy to direct you to their, their website or their only fans. And the best way to know that you are consuming ethical porn is really buying it from the performer because, um, yeah, it's a way that you support them and it's a way that you know um, if they're making their own clips that they, they've got to direct and 
um, have have like autonomy deciding everything about the scene. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And if people want to find you, which I'm sure they will after this, <laughs> how do they? Um, so I'm Kali dot Sudra uh, S U D H R A um, on Instagram, and then on Twitter I'm Shadowband. So um, you can't find me by ca- typing my name Kali Sudra because um, they've shadow banned me. So you have to go follow me. Um, you can find me on Pink and White Label, um, mm-hmm. tagged there. You can find me on Eddie Kalas, tagged there. You can find me on Joy Bear, Joy Bear um, tagged there as well. And so if you just go follow one of those um, directors or producers, you can find me and then follow me via that link. Awesome. Laura's clicking straight on it as we speak. <laughs> can, you, can you hear me tapping away? <laughs> well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. thanks so much for letting me be part of your show oh my god no yeah. it's an honor i'm, I'm gonna go rewatch the roller skates now <laughs> <laughs> that's great i am definitely that one i have to say <laughs> it's very fun yeah i would also check out the the scene where i have sex on skates is called the intern ah mm-hmm. is, that, is that an erica lust yes i'm not i'm not a main character at all but there's a sex scene that i have which is like very very funny roller skates <laughs> in a in right in front of a pizza oven very hot and sweaty and um very sexy (laughs) (laughs) can't wait thank you so much thank Thank you so much thanks take care ciao so laura thoughts feelings um there's a lot more to porn than um Mm. i think you know well you not you i know (laughs) um i don't know so much i hadn't kind of thought of and i think i'm definitely guilty of thinking of porn as um like just for men yeah do you know oh sorry we kind of talked about this briefly before but you don't really watch porn too much ever no because like I was saying what do you call them tube sites yeah I only ever like if I was to look at porn I would just go to that and Mm -hmm. honestly like (laughs) some of it is just so grim and um I always just think like I don't know like you'll come across something and it's like a really close up of something and I'm like for me that's like a like no I'm like I'd much prefer like um a channel five late night film (laughs) (laughs) of course you would Jaws knowing you um (laughs) Jaws the porn movie uh yeah I'm exactly the same like I thought I didn't like porn because I viewed porn as the stuff like that on on the tube sites but actually as I've come to learn like the kind of stuff that Callie does is it's incredible it's like an actual movie that happens to have sex in it and it's so sexy and like consent is discussed the whole time and there's all sorts of people in it and that I now like porn because I've discovered proper porn (laughs) does that make sense yeah no it just makes me realize um I think from doing like this podcast I don't know you Mm. don't just realize that you are how naive you are to things or just ignorant you are to things like I would never have thought of paying for porn like why -hmm. should you pay for it and then obviously by not paying for it all those problems that it's contributing Mm to um yeah I just find it really interesting and also just I do find it fascinating just that difference of like being so um liberal about sex and just like how like I don't know how seeing like porn as a career you want to do like Mm -hmm. I don't know like can you imagine like if I was like oh I want to do porn I just can't yeah I mean yeah it's it's yeah but I just like talking to people that are you know just so like different from different mm-hmm. skating around and um having sex <laughs> by the pizza oven that is fucking cool i would recommend everybody watches the pizza oven roller skates <laughs> i'm quite desperate to also want to know if they the were then serving the pizzas as well i wanted oh to God, ask that but... sexy. eating while being shagged while on roller skates <laughs> i'm worried that i was just getting to basically asking her to like describe the porn scene <laughs> to me <laughs> she wouldn't have minded <laughs> um all right, that's us. That's us. We're converts. We're off. We are. Well, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to join the porn industry, but I am going to, um, I would pay for my porn now. Good. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Do you have any sites as well that you would say? Because I, I do feel like people just don't know. Yeah. So definitely the Erica Lust one that Callie mentioned um, is really great. She turns people's sex confessions, real life sex confessions into films. Um, so they're all real they're amazing my favorite one is where five women are dressed as cats and they're all like drinking out of like milk bowls and wearing collars honestly I think that's how I realized that I wasn't straight um 
<laughs> and if you want to find some good ethical feminist porn, we have um, an article on the Cosmo site. Just Google like Cosmo female friendly porn. And I've done a, a kind of roundup of all my favorites. Have you seen cats, by the way? You might That's something that. completely different. No. <laughs> they don't have their tits out in cats. <laughs> they, some of them do. Some of the cats. Some of the cats have boobs. No, I'm I'm done. You've ruined it for me. Okay, should, should I just? It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this brings us to the end of this episode of Cosmopolitans All the Way with. Thanks to Caddy for joining us and to you guys for listening. If you have any sex questions or dating dilemmas, message us on Twitter or Instagram at Cosmopolitan UK. Cosmopolitans All The Way With was recorded remotely by Number 8 Studios and is available to download on Acast and all the usual podcast apps. Happy porn watching! (laughs) Happy (laughs) watching! Keep it in, James. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.